You have a recorder? I thought I was recording. Oh, do you have a recorder now? Well, what, what app are you using? Mine's okay. Dude, I got an app literally called Call Recorder. Mine's called MP3 Skype Recorder. Oh, cool. Did you pay money for it? No, it's the free one, so it's Dang. got some garbage ads, and I'm not sure it's the greatest. See, here's the thing. I think I'll keep using my recorder because at the end of the day, I can just send you the MP3s. And I would sure. say that they're probably pretty decent quality. I liked yours when you were recording. They were pretty good. They were better than what I thought I was coming up with. So, Yeah, I mean, what can I say? Matt's innovative. He gets good technology. Oh, jeez. Mind you, this also cost me like 40 bucks when I first Oh, you paid it. for it? Oh, yeah. It's used paid version. Absolutely. Yeah. Something tells me that the paid version is always going to be better than the free 100%. version. Yeah. That's a good right. business tip for you guys. You get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, okay. generally speaking. Yeah. Dude, we are back. Another yeah. week? <laughs> Yep, another week. We're I always feel talk. like the, the saying is another day, another dollar, but I don't really... Do you, have you ever heard any like good business sayings? There's one lady in our office who always says, I'll bet you dollars to donuts. Um, I was like, no. I don't know what that means. I've heard but... that before. I have think you really? It's a nonsense saying, though. I did just think of, for our podcast, another week, another holler. I thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I got to say that one. <laughs> another week, another Another day, another dollar, another week, another, another, week, another There holler. we go. <laughs> Guys, look at that. We're getting catch for just happening oh, here. Oh, goodness. Another week, another holler. We got to rename the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I've, I've heard... Um, you know, I think I've written this down somewhere. Like, what do you do? Turn turn nickels into dimes? You know? <laughs> that's, uh, that's all we're all trying to do, I guess. <laughs> Dude, my, my boss at one point was trying to say, um, you know, the saying, like, you make, you make hay when the sun, or while the sun shines or whatever. Yep, yep. And he just, like, couldn't get the saying together. And he was like, yeah, you got to make... Make hay when it rains. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> and he like kept trying to get this iteration of like he was struggling so hard. Finally, someone's like, you mean make, make hay when sunshine? He's like, that's exactly it. But he went, <laughs> he went on with like five different different sayings of the exact same thing without actually getting the getting the right one out. Oh, jeez. Oh, you man. know, I, yeah, it's funny. I've been having a hard time speaking lately. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, man. And I feel like it's my mind. It's just... You know, I tell myself this anyway. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to think of something and get it out there. Get it out there. And then I just, you know, just word vomit. <laughs> word vomit all over. It's just nonsense. But Dude, also, uh, two questions. One, do you have a really bright screen? Why, am I just lit up? And two, have you been whitening your teeth? No, man, I just got white teeth. You, Let me tell you. They just look the, like bright blue right now. The 45 minutes I spend to the dentist is just... 45 minutes of them edifying and encouraging me about my life. <laughs> Every six months I go there and they just tell me how great I am. It's the best. <laughs> Dude, have you ever seen those cool... I mean, here's something too we can always talk about with business. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like the, the teeth whitening thing has become a real craze with those like... The charcoal things? They got like a mouth guard a looking light. thing and they light up. Right, right. And I I've seen those exactly on Instagram ads. Yeah, drunk. Yeah, I follow Gronk on uh, Rob Gronkowski for the rest of you guys um, on he's Instagram. All about that, eh? Dude, he's a huge spokesman for them or for the oh, really? company, and so he he puts up uh, videos and, <laughs> and pictures and stuff with that stupid thing in his mouth. But yeah, it right. looks so cool, and I'm like, man, I kind of want one. But I'm like, 
I only want one for all the wrong reasons. This is how consumerism works. Is you well, see someone I mean, famous want rocking teeth. it. Oh, and it looks the cool. famous guy. Well, no, it just looks like a cool thing. And I'm like, that's all. I, that's the only reason why I want it. It's, you know, brushing your teeth every day, I'm sure, will still get you white teeth. But Well, you know, I've seen a lot of those Facebook ads, too, with um, the charcoal. I think they, they show the ads because it's quite, you know, when, when they're brushing their teeth with the charcoal, it looks pretty disgusting. And then all of a sudden they've got wider teeth. But I think, you know, as much as it's kind of a gimmick, ultraviolet light and charcoal is kind of proven to make your teeth whiter. So it is, I think it's likely going to work, right. generally speaking, which is kind of cool. But how least. expensive is the charcoal? And what would that taste like? I don't know that I could do with the taste of charcoal. I think it's just got like a nasty, bland taste, though. It's not like bad. It's just bland. It's like chalk, like, I think. My mom has really sensitive teeth. And I remember we were traveling somewhere when I was a kid, and she used Sensodyne uh, toothpaste. Yeah, Brittany has to use that stuff. That stuff tastes terrible. It's just like, okay, look, I'm not drinking it, like I'm not eating it, but it's like it sits on your tongue. Your tongue obviously has taste buds, like it's yeah. got a flavor that is just unpleasant. What kind? So, of, what kind of toothpaste do you use? Do you use that like cold uh, bro? That fruity, that fruity stuff they used to make. You remember what we're talking about the fruity flavors? <laughs> like when you're a little kid and it's got like the bubblegum well, flavor not, toothpaste not there, or what? <laughs> maybe that too. I don't know. <laughs> no, I just use like the minty Colgate. I used Sensodyne last week because I forgot my toothpaste. Ugh. Mostly because I didn't know we had to bring and separate toothpaste. you didn't toothpaste. mind it? I didn't mind it. Oh, I mean, it's brushing man, my teeth, though. It. It's just like something you do. I don't even think about it. Well, I mean, yeah. It's a necessary but it's... evil. Nah, see, that's the thing. You got to make that an enjoyable experience. Just like mouthwash, man. I got to have like the, the minty. I don't cool use mouthwash. mouthwash. You don't use mouthwash, eh? Oh. Man, I'm a. I'm, I'm going to confess right now. I almost never floss. <gasps> I floss. Ever? Twice a day, the only time day. I wow, the only time I floss is in, and last time I didn't, but in the, the week or two leading up to a dentist appointment because I don't want my gums to bleed and them to give me crap about it. Right, right. <laughs> See, here's the and thing. And so, yeah, I get, I always from the dentist I get an earful about how much tartar is built up, and ever since I was a little kid, they always told me you need to floss, and it's mm -hmm. just something that my parents like never really enforced in our household was flossing. Yeah, yeah. And then a friend of mine, her mom was a dental hygienist for years and told me that if you can only do one thing, brush, floss, or rinse your mouth out with like mouthwash, flossing is the most important. And I know there was that study a couple of years ago that said flossing is completely useless. Yeah. But she's a, she was a strong advocate for flossing. So that's where I started always making sure I flossed twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. Sometimes a third time right after dinner, depending on what I eat. No, well, got to get that you know, out between my teeth because I just can't live with that. It's just a all these feeling. dental practitioners are just in the hand in the pockets of big floss. It's That's just big floss big, out to get you. Big floss <laughs> and, and big toothpaste. Big floss and big toothpaste. Also, let to me get... ask you, hmm? do you: What kind of bristles do you use on your toothbrush? Soft. You got to use soft. Apparently. You, really? Yeah. Hard bristles are bad for you. See, I like a medium. I like a medium oh, brush. Medium. You're gonna you're gonna be dentures by the time you're forty, man. <laughs> it's cool. I want I want veneers. You know. Yeah. No, that's know. by the time you're forty with your medium toothbrush. Might as well brush with a metal wire brush for a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I like the I like the medium 
bristle. It makes me feel like there's a good little chunk of resistance against my teeth. Me too. Me it makes too. Makes me feel but like then, I'm actually cleaning. My my uh, hygienist. I don't ever even see my dentist. My hygienist <laughs> is always like, "Do not use hard bristles." It's like a thing they said. We always tell kids that because kids suck at brushing their teeth, and then it just isn't something we were very good at transitioning to adults and saying, "Yeah, don't brush hard. Just just brush." <laughs> Because I was a hard brusher too, and she was like, yeah. "You should, you shouldn't. You push your gums back. You wear out your teeth sooner. A light brush is all you oh, need." Man. Anyways, we're deep into the. Sorry, I mean, I feel like this is what, dude. This is what the people are missing is yeah. our our candid conversation. Sometimes, you know, can I just finish this? Okay. When's the next time you're going to the dentist? Because I gotta know, like, when they say just brush, what does that mean? Like, I like to really get in there and make it feel like I'm actually cleaning, not just like running toothpaste over my teeth i think that's all you're really supposed to do for whatever a minute whatever it is minute a 30 minute? oh wow and so yeah i think i go february i don't know they make me go every six months but Brittany's switching to casual now and she won't have benefits so i'm nipping that in the bud hold on time <laughs> out what's your wife cutting back for she's not cutting back in terms of hours it's just when you don't have a set position oh gotcha they don't pay benefits that's how AHS gets you, Alberta Health Services. But oh, AHS. She might, she might have a position. I don't know. What the heck? I, you know, it's up to her, really. Dude, and so, your your job doesn't give you nice benefit package or what? Eighty percent. I'm just, Ooh. you know, too cheap to pay the twenty for a six month brushing, where it's nice, but they just tell me I'm great and my teeth are awesome, and we'll see you in six months. <laughs> well, if you're a status Indian like myself, you yeah. get that stuff covered one hundred percent. Thank you, goodness. government. Goodness, wow. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. So, anyways, hey, but if you keep drinking whiskey or rum or whatever um, you're drinking, that'll kill anything that's in your mouth anyways. That's what I always say. I got to I gotta be convinced that that's why people way back in the day probably still had teeth in their mouth was the amount of alcohol they consumed probably killed any sort of bacteria or anything in there. Yeah. Is that safe to sound. assume? I agree. Let's not even look into it. I think that's true. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not a doctor or a dentist, but or a historian. A drink a day, a drink a day keeps the, you know, the bacteria thing. away. Yeah, actually, that's what I remember. I told you I don't see my dentist ever, but when I did see him, he said, "Hey, you drinking that hard stuff?" <laughs> I said, did yeah. he actually? Said good. <laughs> I don't and know. Maybe you should be rinsing your mouth out with tequila. That stuff just seems like. You know, just a step up from gasoline. So yeah, really, no, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's talk some business. All right, let's do it. Um, I guess kind of what we're talking about this week is, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, it's funny. It's kind of a cycle I'm about to describe. And have you noticed? I mean, you go to business school, and I think maybe this is a lot of a lot of industries. Every everybody's got a cycle for something. You know, like <laughs> there's the uh, cycle when you're in grade school you learn about the water cycle about how clouds rain and then turn into ocean and then it goes back up and then everybody's got their 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 cycle for their industry anyways i'm talking to you guys about the innovation cycle i call it that i don't think you can google it and find it that way but this is what happens basically and we're going to go through some examples um there's industry and an innovation or an innovation or an industry is just created this big in innovation and then all of a sudden there's proliferation. You see tons of companies come out trying to take advantage of this in innovation. They're just, uh, you know, popping up everywhere trying to take advantage. And then 
there's stagnation. That means we see a lack of new innovation after the initial one. And then companies slowly start to consolidate. We see big um, conglomerates forming in that particular industry. And then after a while, we see another innovation and then uh, a, it starts all over again with the proliferating of new companies, right? Um, and, and sort of our impetus into talking about this was Maddie texted me the other day. This is uh, two, two straight men, by the way. But anyways, hey. um, that Michael Kors, known for their purses, are buying Versace. <laughs> known for all sorts of items. That's true. Versace is known for a lot of things, not just purses. Dude, including um, a title track to a Bruno's Mars song. That's true. I guess. um which is interesting because i think you know and and there has been some consolidation among luxury brands over the last couple years and and you see that because i know that just speaks to stagnation in the industry right luxury brands are a little different they they last a little bit longer um and also michael kors is a lot different than versace like you and i could go to the store right now and buy a michael kors purse for a significant other if we wanted not crazy you and i really would have a hard time going to the store and buying a Versace purse. <laughs> They're in completely different categories. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. Michael Kors is nice, but Versace is like, I think Versace starts at like one point, what, $1,500 bucks is like their bottom end. Whereas we can get a Michael Kors purse at, at purse at like, you know, the mall. <laughs> See, here's the difference. See, you know the price points of this stuff. I don't know the purse industry nearly as well as yourself. Yeah. Um, but one of us did their homework for their <laughs> podcast. <laughs> They're on. Mind you, one of us has a wife and the other one doesn't. That's okay? true. My Brittany would never spend that much money on a purse. Like she would just, she'd rather die than spend more than like forty bucks. Dude, what if you had millions of dollars in the bank? Do you think that your taste would change and you'd be buying Versace? Maybe. Yeah. I exactly. think I would be okay with it. Like if something, I wouldn't seek it out. But yeah, I think so. Probably. That's fair. That's. Yeah. I think that's why it shocked me so much that they were paying two billion dollars for this acquisition. Was it? I felt like Michael Kors was the little guy in this, and that Versace would be the parent company consuming Michael Kors, but it's the other way around. Mm. And it's big too because Michael Kors is American and Versace is European. I'm not sure what country they're from. It sounds Italian, but I don't want to say it wrong. I'm looking Um, it up right now. And so I think this is just a good play for them to get into the European market. I, I, the Europeans, they value these luxury brands a lot more. Not that they value them more. I think they're just bigger brands in Europe in terms of their sort of – that's where they all seem to come from, well, right? Well, they got Louis. more swagger. It's got that like – Yeah, Europeans are more into that like, sort of – That European fashion. You know, you have like Paris Fashion Week. Like New York wants to be at that level, but like yeah. Paris is king when it comes to – to fashion so when you got gucci dolce armani louis vuitton none of those are american names yeah okay all european and i mean it's maybe the you know the entire reason the united states exists because all the people who were in high fashion and were rejects got shipped out and went to america (laughs) (laughs) well and you got to think like italian leather it's a well-known thing you know italian italian leather shoes for a man you know like you're not getting mud on them shoes, you know? Like, it. I, I think there's something to be said about... I think that's why I'm also nervous about this, too. Because you got to think, when an about American Michael company... Michael buying Versace? Yeah, I think it almost... I feel like it cheapens a little bit. I don't know that it I'd could. be so, so inclined to be buying Versace product 
if I know it's owned by an American company because who's to say that the quality might not dip now because of it. But the other part is, from what I was reading, Versace was a pub or a private company. Mm-hmm. Michael Kors oh, is a, private. I believe they were private. I couldn't find them listed anywhere. Um, and so when I looked up Michael Kors, though, they are a public company. So for people that don't know, um, when you're a private company, you don't have to disclose any of your financials to anyone except your own shareholders. So the public has no knowledge potentially of what your value is, what your revenues are, what your expenses are, how profitable you are year after year, any of that. And the big thing is oftentimes that means the owners of the company or the executives, they can use the, the company like their own piggy bank and there's no shareholders to keep them accountable. There's oftentimes stuff like that going on. Exactly. So when you're a public company, though, everyone gets to know your dirty laundry. So if you have a dip in you know, one year, then a lot of people might be out. Everyone can kind of get an idea of how profitable you are year after year, how, you know, just overall what your success level is. Um, so when Versace is now being bought out by Michael Kors, that means Versace is going to get opened up because they'll now be a subsidiary of Michael Kors, which means that their numbers will show on the consolidated balance sheet and income statement of Michael Kors, which basically yeah. just means that they'll just be a part of the big numbers on Michael which Kors. Which is interesting, though. I mean, that'll be interesting to see the, the books for a company that's been private for as long as they have, right? Absolutely. I, I think they're private. I couldn't find them anywhere on any sort of like even European. Obviously, check New York because um, I think New York's kind of the big stock exchange anyways. Versace might be a brand held by a bigger conglomerate as well, though. The parent organization is GIVI Holding SPA. Sounds Spanish. Uh, yep. Private company information, though. Okay, fair enough. It says. Fair enough. So, anyways, fact is, uh, it'll be just say. very interesting to see if, um, you know, w what kind of happens there. But, yeah. You know, and if we see more consolidation in the luxury brand industry. Absolutely. You know, I think, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't know what the next couple of years will look like for the luxury brand industry. It doesn't seem like millennials, our generation, Maddie and I, that is just coming into their own, making the money, are as interested. Certainly they are, but maybe not as much as their past. But then at the same time, we see this huge increasing middle class coming out of Brazil, Russia, India, and China that are demanding, you know, some high class luxury goods because they haven't had a taste of that. You know, it's, it's just this new, um, new money that wants the nice stuff. Anyways, but um, you know what? Here's the other thing that I think also plays into it is, and I know this is going to sound silly, but young hip hop culture. Oh, I they see, like that stuff. I see a ton of stuff from, you know, huge hip hop artists that are all wearing Gucci, Versace, um, uh, Chanel, Dolce, you know, and that's just like what they kind of showcase. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's that, I don't know if people have seen this meme on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but it's got a picture of Warren Buffett and um, <laughs> Bill Gates. And it's like a hundred and whatever billion dollars in one room and not a single Gucci belt <laughs> in sight. Yeah. yeah. And so, so it's like, you know, there are people who care about it and there are others that don't. And I think, you know, I, I just don't know that we've ever had kind of a culture like what i see in hip-hop or 
um, I think guys like Floyd Mayweather, um, Kevin Hart. I know that I saw a post of Kevin Hart's. It was like him and his whole, uh, what's his group called? The Plastic Cup Boys. Um, it's all these, you know, all his opening acts basically when he's on the road and they had like Versace night. And so they were all rocking different Versace gear and stuff, right? And so, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, maybe that might be the only rise. But I think of a lot of my friends who are like very hipster, very focused on, you know, paying for everything from a thrift store, not paying full price for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they sure as heck are not in the market to be buying you know, brand name, high quality, especially European fashion. Yeah, maybe old navy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, yeah, but I think this um, idea of innovation, proliferation, stagnation, and consolidation is kind of interesting because you can see it sort of throughout history in some very, very obvious ways. The one way that's the most long-term one I can think of off the top of my head is is car manufacturers, car companies, you know, um, Ford, GM, Chrysler in the United States. Um, you know, 100 years ago, we had Henry Ford come up with mass production, figure out how to make lots of cars for relatively cheap so everybody could afford a car. That's the innovation. And then we have all these car companies crop up. So right now, for example, if we can keep it simple in the States, GM, General Motors, has Buick, Oldsmobile, Pontiac. Some of these are are brands they've retired, Saturn. These were all companies um, that were independent at one point and that slowly through consolidation of this very mature industry are now under one one banner, right? Chrysler, we see um, Oldsmobile? No, no, Jeep, Dodge, um, you know, a, a number of these other brands that are just under Chrysler. Um, and generally around the world, there's probably between four, probably 14, 15 major car manufacturers and every single model and make of car that you can think of is underneath them. But then now we've seen innovation here with Tesla. They are, um, making electric cars and now Dyson, the vacuum company is making an electric car. Yeah. Dyson makes an electric electric car. car. They're working on it. They're working on it. Um, Apple apparently is working on a car. I'm assuming it's going to be electric because they're Apple. Um, you see, we're seeing these disruptors come in the industry, and we're going to see a whole new crop of of people involved. There's a ah, a car, an electric car manufacturer out of I don't remember where it's out of, but they were competing. Tesla was competing for some Saudi Arabian money to go private. Elon Musk was getting in trouble for that, and the Saudi Arabian fund decided to go with this other electric car company, not with uh, Tesla. And so there's there's that competitor, and so it'll be interesting in this space over the next twenty years to see how it shakes out and, and who's left. If you guys want to see an electric car, just go to Google and type in Porsche electric car because they just debuted theirs at their latest like kind of showcase, and this thing will make you wet your pants. Yeah, I believe it. It is a beautiful piece of work. And so it's like you're getting luxury cars because you've got to think, you got to remember, a Tesla is not just an everyday man's car. Those and they have the Model expensive. 3. Well, yeah, but come on now, T. Who's buying the Model 3? No, I mean, it's like a $40,000 car. That's not unreasonable. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, 
yeah, the, more to the fact you are right though. It is an industry where everyone's going to start getting their hands into it, and we're going to see some innovation, and then new companies crop up. Well, it's going to be wild. And the cool part, especially when it comes to a company like Tesla, um, is you typically have to like make a deposit or like purchase your car or whatever, and then they build it for you. Oh, cool. They don't just have these things, you know, or at least at Sitting one point they had that. Um, so you had to like pay a deposit or at least with their new, new models and whatnot that they've been putting out, you basically have to like put down money for it and then they start building it to almost like stop inventory from stacking up. And, yeah, no, that's smart. Just make stopping... cars that people are buying. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for people that don't understand that a big part of that too, is just as technology grows, you don't want old technology sitting in some warehouse that you can't then get rid of because it's just out of date, you know? Yeah. And another cool thing that Tesla I know has been looking at is possibly building like uh, transport trucks. Yeah, that's that, true. That's a know, big one. That's going to really disrupt that industry too. Absolutely. Well, and so, you know, people have to understand when you're hauling, you know, long ways, especially across, you know, sunnier parts of uh, the world, you know, that don't necessarily see a lot of cloud and a lot of rain. I mean, even then, I'm sure the sunlight still gets through um, because I know that they've talked about building it with, like, solar panels on the top. Makes sense. So you can keep the battery charging and you have to stop, eh? Exactly. And you got to think of how far a, a long-haul trucker is going and how how rare it is, especially in, a, like, a place like Canada, it's still really not realistic to be owning an electric car yet just simply no. because, you know, these charge stations are not exactly common. But No, uh, and... and the battery like drops 60% in minus 20 degree weather. And that happens enough that that's going to be an issue. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's still kinks, but the fact that they are disrupting this, this industry is, you know, it's speak, wild. speaks volumes because you have to think for the last hundred years, everyone's either known gas or diesel to run their vehicle. And now we're in a brave new world. Yeah, absolutely. It's wild, man. And I love stuff like that. It's, it's cool to see, um, another example we've seen is cryptocurrencies right now. There's like a new, well, there was a new cryptocurrency every week. Um, whether or not you're interested in buying Bitcoin or not, I think it's pretty clear. There's going to be room for cryptocurrencies in our future, but there's got to be a little bit of a consolidation of that industry because there's way too many. Nobody's going to keep track of it. And you're going to see the best ones shake out and conglomerations form and consolidation happen in that industry. Um, one that happened that everyone will probably remember for sure. Is search engines when when the internet first blew up in the 90s we had ask jeeves alta vista i can't even think of any other ones i mean and now we have google which is reigning supreme and then bing oh, yeah. which no one knows why that exists yahoo no yahoo one knows was... why that exists <laughs> <laughs> fantasy sports teams apparently yahoo's still the place to go there you go i meant for search told. engines though right and so yeah I mean, it's it's cool though to think about uh, this. This I don't know, people are just trying to disrupt and innovate, and then create this new market out of this innovation. You know, so and I could keep going with examples, but you know, you guys get the idea. The one we were going to talk about is kind of interesting because here in Canada, where Maddie and I are, um, on October seventeenth, I think it is. Hey, yeah, uh, marijuana is going to be made legal. Recreational marijuana is going to be made legal. And oh my goodness, is there so much weed money going around right now? Every single weed company on the Toronto Stock Exchange is just blowing up. Everybody's buying it. They're up like hundreds of percent. 
Um, there's deals happening. I think um, the guys who own uh, Anheuser Busch in the states, uh, Budweiser, yeah. they've they've invested in partnered with uh, big Canadian weed companies. The guys who own Corona, the beer manufacturer, right. it, it, they've invested in Canadian weed companies. Um, I've seen even locally just dealing with um, tenants and, and buildings that we that that I've helped finance and stuff like that. That there's um, liquor store chains and other vices trying to get in on. Okay, how do we now translate our knowledge and success in liquor stores to another vice to to cannabis and stuff like that so yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how right now we're definitely in the innovation and proliferation stage and see how the market um, allows for stagnation and consolidation you know to see how the market sort of decides who's going to stay who's good and who's going to get bought out or who's going to just go out of business dude can i ask you a personal question yeah have you yourself invested in these exact stocks no, I haven't invested in any weed stocks. No. No? Okay. Yeah. I just feel like you would have been the guy to have your... I would have. I really do believe in a lot of these companies, especially because I'm not a short-term investor kind of guy. Right, right. And but I do like believe these weed stocks... Or... Well, I think there's a lot of people playing it for the short term, but I I think there's going to be... If you can... Long-term. There's going to be long-term money there. Yeah. You know, I mean, right now, people are buying these, these companies and they've got no earnings. They're just burning through cash right. and they're... It's just really, really expensive. But at the same time, it's like, you know, and Canada's a small market. Like California made rec weed legal, and they're bigger than the entire country of Canada. But I think we're just building a lot of competency that will allow us, because I think this is going to sort of domino effect through the states and other countries over the next couple of years. And Canada, Canadian companies stand to benefit from that as, as just sort of being able to quickly move into these countries and jurisdictions because of the expertise we're developing right now. You know? Right, right. See, and I... I get curious about it simply because there just seems to be so many rules, so much red tape around how this is all going to look. Um, you know, everyone's kind of chitting, chattering about kind of what it's going to look like from the retail side of things. I know that Kamloops here, which is where I live out in BC, um, there's apparently we are lucky enough to have the one store or some something like that that's going to be i don't know licensed or there's a lot of chatter about all this sort of stuff about how it's how it's legitimately going through and whatnot and uh and that it'll be open exactly on october 17th and i believe it's the from what i've kind of heard through the rumor mill in town it is the only licensed store that will be allowed to be open on october 17th like right when it opens here in bc now, I don't know how that really works. In Kamloops? It's, it's going to be in Kamloops of all places. And I struggle to, to understand how there's not a place in Vancouver or a place That's in Kelowna, uh, Victoria. Like, we have far bigger city centers than, than Kamloops. And I'm just kind of scratching my head, kind of wondering about whether or not that's true or whether or not, or like, how that even works. Um, I'll be very curious to see what kind of the, I guess, tax revenue and whatnot will look like after year one. Um, as well as, you know, I don't know, just the effect on society as a whole, I guess Mm -hmm. it'd be very interesting. And like you said, you know, the stock, stock prices and whatnot, because it is going to very much disrupt, I think, um, I'll be curious to see if it disrupts other, you know, as you just said, like vice, uh, what do you want to Vice industries. Yeah. I think they'll partner, right? Maybe you can smoke a joint and drink beer in a casino <laughs> you know right I mean? right 
I don't know. I mean, in a way, it's like, wow, you're all competing for the same dollars. But I don't know. People seem to always find more money when it comes to their vices. Well, you know, know, and I've seen people who go to like, you know, uh, to like cigar shops. Oh, yeah. You know, like where you're like a member to the cigar shop and you sit down and you have like your own little humidor there. And that sounds you sit around with all the boys when you're in your jacket. Hey, hey, hey. Can ladies come to the cigar shop well, in 2018? I just feel Maddie? like there's, there's I mean, very few really? instances where I've ever wow. seen in one of these shops. That's all I'm saying. Hashtag, you can smoke too. Okay. <laughs> you can smoke <laughs> too. My point is, I wonder if it'll translate <laughs> to something similar where guys will sit around, sip whiskey, smoke a joint, or just like some giant doobies. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, or if it'll just be a thing where it's like you buy it at the shop and you go home. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we're pretty we're pretty prudish in terms of public, um, public. I guess if we can keep using the word vice, public consumption of our vices. Well, um, it's, it's a new here one in Canada. Too. You can't drink outside at all. Yeah, anywhere. Um, and so I know in Calgary, one councillor is proposing that we have marijuana or pot parks, which seems ridiculous to me because that's an entire park devoted just to people who smoke weed. And, I mean, how, if you can get there, are you supposed to just drive home after your joint? It seems like you're setting people up for failure there. It'd be the same but, as if you're allowed to drink in that same park, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. They would be both, though. It'd be like a park where you can drink and smoke weed outside, which is kind of cool because it is, you know, like you're, I don't know. Me and Brittany were going to a park. We probably don't want to smell smokers, but it's nice to be able to go and just go somewhere with friends where you can have a couple drinks without having to hide them. Do you know what I mean? Because it is kind of weird. It's one of those things where you could get in trouble for it, but for the most part, like you go to any park in Canada and someone drinking beer, drinking, you know, a mixed drink, but it's definitely illegal to do that. And it's just silly. You Fair. know what I mean? Just get, hang out with friends who have a backyard. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's true, but not... sometimes it's nice to go to a public park. You know, you go play, uh, I don't know, there's a little bit of a pond maybe, you know, you maybe have, um, like this beach volleyball at a park. I don't know. You can hang up people's backyards too, but. Or you could be like a friend of the show, James Fraser, and uh, mix yourself. Are you allowed to drop his name like that or what? Oh, I'm going to drop it. Okay. I mean, maybe you can blank <laughs> it out if you want. I don't care. Nah, I'm not, I'm not blanking nothing out. <laughs> I remember him explaining to me what Bronco juice was. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, maybe sporting events. Actually, you know what, though? Sporting events, alcohol flows freely, generally speaking, exactly. except for old Broncos events. Or you gotta get your Bronco juice. That's a <laughs> so local college. Know, is uh, Bronco juice is where you just fill up your Slurpee about three quarters of the way and then add whatever. I thought it was just a uh, to go cup, like a like a travel mug, so that it was just ambiguous. Oh, possibly drinking. Oh, that's a good way too. I just remember when I was younger, uh, being taken to a baseball game, and before we went to the baseball diamond, we went and got a Slurpee. And I was told specifically to leave some of the cup empty, and uh, that we. Are you so innocent, Maddie. You didn't know what was uh, happening. I had no idea. To be completely, I'd never done this before. Wow. It's also like, uh, I don't know. I guess it's technically little league. It was a little league game. Like you're going to watch a little league game, or you're going yeah, to play in it. I was okay. going to. <laughs> no, I was going to watch, and they're like, and we were at the car, and he was. Uh, we possibly. What did we do? I think it was spiced rum. Anyways. Fact is, that's what we just mixed into our Slurpee and away we went. And so, 
you know, yeah. and it looks and it's, inconspicuous. And... Yeah, and it's like it's it's just normal. Like everybody does that. It's not something that's surprising, but it's still illegal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know right? I mean? And yet, like <laughs> nobody's saying, "Let me smell your Slurpee." I guess. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think not smoking it in a public place being different than drinking in terms of like other people have to smell what you're smoking. I but was just that's exactly what I was gonna say. I know I can see that for sure. Very few people who enjoy the smell of burnt marijuana. Yeah, or smoking in general. And I mean, yeah. I guess there's there is a chance of of actually you know if you're around that you can get high from the smoke. I don't know. It seems remote, but right. it's not like cigarette smoke where you just get cancer. Well, <laughs> and kidding. that's what I kind of wonder. I wonder if they'll, mm, I guess, in a sense, of market it in a way of saying that it's better than smoking than a cigarette. cigarette. That's and true. Because you have to remember, you know, for those of you that are going, well, you know, why is it any different than a cigarette? Well, people have been smoking cigarettes for like literally hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, people have smoking marijuana for a long time too, haven't well, they? Yeah, of course. But cigarettes have been legal for hundreds of years. Right. It's not uncommon to see even young teenagers starting to smoke, right? Like, I remember talking to my mom. My mom started smoking when she was a teenager and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Stopped before she ever had kids, but just more the fact that it it wasn't uncommon, and I still think it's very common still to see someone who smokes a cigarette. Um, it's obviously declined due to us learning about those the side yeah. effects, yeah. Yeah, but... Cancer it, sticks, right? Cancer really? sticks, yeah, exactly, right? And, you know, with marijuana, it's like, I don't know if those same health concerns are there. I mean, maybe enough research hasn't been done. I'm not sure. The reality is, though, um, marijuana has been illegal for so long that I just don't know that it's going to be as socially accepted to just start smoking a joint wherever you want outside the same way it would be that if you were smoking a cigarette walking down the street. That's a good point. I think there's a lot of people who are still quite upset about this being legal and, and really will have a, a negative image of anybody who does smoke it, for sure. But that's another thing that we'll see shake out over the next couple of years, right? So Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it does fluctuate with profits or not um, and how many people, you know, people that already smoke it people that were already buying it illegally um kind of i don't know if i want to say the word black market that sounds like such a oh, that's fair that's what it is where you buy like hard narcotics a, and guns. a word in a economics textbook textbooks you know? yeah but i just feel like such a chump calling it the black market <laughs> when really it's like everyone just like knows who that guy who's a shady dealer is in your neighborhood or whatever yeah uh, everybody likes a dealer right <laughs> Um, they always drive like yeah. a burnt out car and even though they have way more money than you they still look way more broke than you i don't get gotta that. keep it that way oh i mean keep the keep the popo away keep the five oh off the scent man <laughs> that's fair that's fair uh, can you goodness. just nah never mind we won't go down that road uh yeah. fact is though i'll be curious to see if those that are already users of it will then go through legitimate business ways and like help kind of I guess the government and the country profit through the tax revenue or uh, whether yeah, they'll think, continue a lot just of to buy illegally. What I think is going to be interesting, you know, they might, it's hard to say, like, I think the true blue, if the dealer's still making it, it's like, why, why would they, if you have a, if you're, you like what you're getting, I don't know why you would change. 
I think what will be interesting is that you can grow four plants on your own. I have a buddy who's doing that already, which may be illegal. I don't know. At any rate, um, <laughs> uh, he's, yep. he's, uh, he's got his four plants already. And it's like the process to make alcohol on your own, not for distribution, is it's a lot harder to make good beer. And he's going to make good weed all by himself in his house. He's got four plants. He just waters them, turns them towards the window. It's no big deal. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, the fact that it's that easy to make it on your own, is that going to curb the legal sales? I don't know. Right, right. That's, this could be interesting, you know? And so I think three, four years, we'll see um, the weed market really settle down as we figure out what it's going to look like and some serious consolidation happening among the big couple, the big players and the small players. They'll buy up the littler companies and, and we'll see, you know, a, a nice oligopoly. That's what Canada likes. We like three or four guys, big players, running the show of the whole industry, which isn't always the best for the consumer, but that's what it seems to always be in Canada. Well, right? Someone has to set the trend for the market. You can't have, mm -hmm. you know, this chaos of, you know, one section over here going spiking really high and the other one dipping way low with prices and profits and everything else. Like, it's nice when you have the four people or the five people that are setting the standard and everyone either needs to rise to that standard or get the heck out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So cool. Well, yeah. that's uh that's the innovation cycle or whatever I call it. I call it the innovation cycle innovation. Hey, yeah. say it back to me, Maddie. Were you listening? Innovation cycle? Yeah, listen. Listen. Stay say all four stages back to me. Uh I remember you talking about the water cycle. Okay. Glad to know you're listening. Uh what do you mean? Say it again. All four stages of the innovation cycle I described. Yeah, you talked about, I don't know. I feel like it's like everyone needs to understand that it's like startup no, no. growth, plateau, and then be consumed by someone bigger. Oh, no, that's a business cycle. That's no, a different that's kind of innovation, though, let's no, be honest. No, it's not. I guess it sounds very similar. But innovation, proliferation, stagnation, and consolidation. You didn't actually say that, did you? At what I point did you say that? Did. I did. I was probably looking at the cool new electric Porsche. You're probably not listening. Dude, you really got to look up this electric Porsche. It I, looks I, I'm sure it's amazing. It's a Dude, Porsche. Just also, go to Google right now and look it up. We're consolidation. We're keep Porsche. taking this off track. Just look it Porsche up. Owned by Volkswagen, not an independent company. Really? Your Porsche is just a fancy Volkswagen. Wow. Yeah. But it's a really good looking Volkswagen. Dude, go look at it right now, please. I don't want to. It's Eric. a fancy car. Come on, man. Everybody's got a fancy car. Dude, you're a man who used to love beautiful-looking cars. Yeah, I did. Never Porsche, though. Never Porsche. Was it a Nissan that you owned? Yeah, it was lovely. I liked it. Yeah. You Anyways. looked like you owned Nissans that didn't actually exist. Porsche. What's the name? You just say Porsche electric car. You'll just you don't even know the name of the car? Uh, no, it starts with a T. It looks like a really, really fancy Tesla. Yeah. Actually, it looks quite a lot like a Tesla. I would be upset if I was Tesla. Yeah. But Porsche is about to come smoke the luxury market. Is this real? Are you sure? It looks Dude, like a concept. Positive that it's a real thing. Also, okay. type in Dyson electric car now into images. You'll die laughing. I'm going to post one of these on social media. Dyson electric car. <laughs> <laughs> All the vacuums. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's having a good time with this. Hey, it's uh, wild that Dyson's yeah, getting into the electric car business. Dude, the Apple car crashed. Apple's actually test driving a, a hardware? Yeah, they're test driving a car and it got into an accident. There was news Ooh. about it a couple weeks ago. 
Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Anyways, I suppose we can kind of wrap this up at some point here, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I got a quick stock talk if you want. Okay. Hey, let me ask you about this innovation real quick. Because okay. I want to know, maybe this isn't actually innovation, and maybe this is something we can talk about at another time. What is your thought on this whole innovation of these, like... I don't know, these home speaker systems like what the Google Home, the Amazon's Alexa, the Apple, whatever Apple's is called. I can't even remember. I don't know what it is. These things where it's like you just kind of like talk to them to tell you to like play music or set an alarm. It feels like they don't really have a lot of purpose unless it's maybe the Amazon one where it can like build your shopping list and order crap for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this the other day, I think, or maybe I was talking about it with somebody. But... Um, is that really yeah. something we should be excited about? Uh, I think I think once everybody, it's you know these. I think these hardware things, it's kind of like a you know it's cool. Everybody will get one, but it's definitely not something that needs to be upgraded regularly. And so you'll see the the demand taper off real quick because they're not going to get that much better over the years either, right? The software will improve, but you yeah, don't. What need more to can do. it do for you? Exactly. You don't need to get in a new a new system. And we've seen that happen in certain industries that are hardware only. But they make good stuff. So, for example, GoPro. They went public and their stock sucks because they do one thing. Yeah. And if I get a GoPro 3, do I need a GoPro 5? No, because I'm not Rob Durdick. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's so exactly it. <laughs> they've got long product cycles. And so it's tough because once everybody who has one gets one, then it's like you're really waiting a long time for them to upgrade. And they will, and maybe eventually, right? Sonos. Is also a, a speaker manufacturer. They're not a smart speaker manufacturer, but they make um, good systems to do multi multi room stuff. Yeah, they were kind of the first guys into it. They're also seeing the same problem. They went public, but you know, specific hardware like that upgrade cycle isn't significant. So it's like, what do you, you know, like people buy it and then they don't need it again. Right. I guess that's where I would say that that's the downside to innovation, uh, in my opinion. Is there's this like hype new product that really like it's got novelty at the beginning and yet at the end of it we're gonna go like why the heck did anyone need this yeah it just seems stupid yeah fair enough but that's just me yeah Anyways. i mean and you never know what's gonna take I, off and what's gonna be the thing that sticks right so i mean i feel like the google one the only cool thing you can do with it is if you were have if you and i were like in the same room arguing about i don't know some sort of historical fact sure we could both look it up you just be like hey google you know what happened think, on this date or whatever, and it's like, boom, it'll tell you. But aside from I, that, who cares? I think you're missing, though, that they're pricing them so aggressively. Maybe not Apple. I don't know what their pricing is, but it's usually ridiculous. Um, that you could use them as just a multi, multi-room multi sound system yeah. that happens to be smart. Do you know what I mean? So that's useful on its own. Like, if I didn't, we have speakers throughout the house, but if we didn't, you could buy four of them. You put one in your bedroom, you put one right. in your kitchen, you put one in your living room. It's all playing the same And then same. you can control music from your phone or whatever, but now you can talk to it as well and say, play this song. Right. You know what I mean? Because the pricing isn't like you're paying a ton for the software that's smart. Right, so you're right. just really getting smart multi, multi-room systems. Okay, let's not get too deep down this rabbit hole because I do want to talk about like consumerism next time. Um, oh, okay. Anyways, let's switch to what's your, what's stop, your stop, stop talk. Interesting fact. Now, people are likely aware, you know, if you even have a cursory read at the headlines, Apple, the world's most valuable company by market cap, recently became a trillion dollar company by market cap. But what people don't know is that 
despite Apple being the biggest publicly traded company, there is likely a bigger, maybe even significantly bigger private company that exists, and it is called Aramco. Have you heard of Aramco? I have not. No. What it's are a they about? Saudi Arabia. It's the Saudi Arabian state-owned oil company. <laughs> It was started in the 30s, I believe, by Standard Oil and the Saudis. Um, so it's, you know, American and Saudi Arabia put together is sort of the name Aramco. Um, and it is like it manages the, the vast um, oil wealth of Saudi Arabia. So um, it is worth likely trillions and trillions of dollars because Saudi Arabia produces a barrel of oil for likely less than 10 bucks a barrel. They have the most oil in the world. They have the biggest oil field in the world. Absolutely. And they've been making money hand over fist like this since the 50s or 40s. And so um, well, wild how big this company is. We talked about the issues with being private. They wanted to go public to raise capital so that they could invest in other things. The Saudi crown prince realized oil is out the window. Maybe not in the next 20, 30 years till we hit peak oil, but, but he will. wants to start investing in other things because right now, Saudi Arabia, it's, it's called Dutch disease where you have resources and that's the only thing you do because of your resources. So he's trying to raise capital to invest in other areas, but his IPO, his attempt to go public did not happen because... To go public, you have to release all the financials. Oh, no. And all the crown princes and all the guys mm. at the top were like, uh-uh, <laughs> we cannot Dude. show who is suckling at the teeth that is Aramco <laughs> oil. Ladies and gentlemen, what you probably have to understand is these dudes would laugh at Jeff Bezos' bank account. It's true. They, and you would never know it because it's a private company. Exactly. But the thing is, is people all think Jeff Bezos... Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, richest guys in North America because they're public financials, but they are nothing compared to some of these private dudes in other parts of the world, especially Saudi Arabia, where those guys are, I would argue they're trillionaires. Yeah, they might whether be. Or not, whether That's or not I'm right, we'll never know, but the fact is, is those guys have so much money. I mean, let's put it this way. Okay, Saudi Arabia. We're not even in Saudi Arabia when I talk about this. We're talking Dubai. They've got enough money to build an indoor snow or ski hill. Yeah, Tell wow. me anywhere else in the world that has an indoor ski hill. Nobody I, else in the world. Exactly. Has Qatar. Qatar is hosting the 20... Oh, yeah, the FIFA World Cup 2020? 2024. Oh, 2024. No, 2022. Because okay. it was just this year. So four years from from this year 2022 world cup they are building soccer fields from what i understand with a almost netting over top correct me if i'm wrong by the way i have no who's listening to this i believe it has a netting over top that will block out some of the uv because it's going to be so hot also they're doing this in december and january because in the summer they would probably kill players with the heat Oh, wow. And it's also apparently supposed to have some sort of air-conditioned field. Wow. So that people don't overheat and get heat exhaustion while playing soccer. This is okay? just a huge feat of engineering. But it's just to, wild. And apparently in Dubai, did you know they apparently have some sort of machine or technology that can make it rain? No way. They, have, they, they have control the weather? They have a way to make rain. Wow. Okay? So here's what I'm saying, all right? That's the dream. We know nothing 
in North America compared to technology, I think, in the Middle East where they have yeah. so much disposable money that it's like, you know what? If it takes 10 years and billions of dollars, let's do it anyways. We'll get it done. We'll what else am done. I going to do with this money? That's true. It's you know, wild. At some so, point, who cares? I, I think people anyways. are thinking Aramco might be the most valuable company in the world. Nobody Absolutely. can know for sure because nobody sees the financials. And it's going to be hard for them to go public. All the big exchanges, New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, um, Toronto Stock Exchange, the FTSE in London, the DAX in Germany, they were all competing for this listing because it would have been huge. But the requirements, when you have shareholders, <laughs> you have to are share that, everything. They have to know the issue. They have to know what's going on. And you have to be stewards of shareholder money. Like, you know, some perks are okay, but there's literally probably hundreds, if not thousands, of officials and family members who are on the public or on the Aramco payroll doing yeah. nothing, just getting tons of cash. And so it's wild to think about, but they, Crown Prince, he was like, I, we can't go public right now. <laughs> well, and the reality too is even if like shareholders could be upset about the fact that there's people on the payroll, they're doing nothing, but your profits would still probably be so high that it's like, who cares? At it's some true, point, but that's the thing with being a public company though. It's like, it's, you got to just hit your earnings and get more earnings. Absolutely. And then that's... oil prices drop a little bit and then they find out that, well, your so 34th cousin is just yeah driving fancy cars and dating supermodels it's like well there's a way to get the bottom line up you know <laughs> See, we were born in the wrong part of the world bro <laughs> well in some ways i mean some parts over there are pretty rough <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine if we were part of the aramco empire oh jeez. oh That's man wild. any of those sultans got sisters or daughters that uh are totally. around they're my probably, age they're probably just looking for two well not two i'm married they're probably just looking for one one uh, accountant in yeah, exactly. uh, the Dude, mainland of British Columbia. For them, be the CFO. Holy oh my smokes! God. Ah, you're dealing with numbers that I just have so many zeros. I mean, it just probably I oh, was rounded there. Oh, we'll just round out there. <laughs> Surrounded Mater up. Materiality, there. ladies and gentlemen, yeah, would be exactly. so high. <laughs> Anyways, fact is. That's your that's your stock talk for the day. Yeah, just a fun fact, folks. Not even stock related. Just yeah. Ramco. Anyways, have yourself a wonderful week. We will talk to you guys next week. Catch you like catch you next time. Peace out.